Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarks podcast. And we are really excited today. We have a special bonus episode, bonus interview, I guess you might say, with uh, one of our favorites is here. Greg McBride is Hello. here. And we have also with him, his collaborator on a new project we're going to talk about. Ana East is here. And thank you both so much for coming on the podcast. Thank, thank you, you so much for having us. Yes. So we are like the new Sonny and Cher. <laughs> Only none of us are old enough to know who that is, but that's us. Well, and you can choose who you want to be Sonny and who you want to be Cher because Anna Ease and I are very flexible. Yes, very flexible. So, Greg, why don't you tell us why you are both here as the what special occasion okay. you have? Okay. Well, uh, most of your audience knows me from a little title called The Heavenly Christmas, and it is my honor to be heart, part of the Hallmark as well as the Hallmarkies universe. I'm a big Hallmarkies fan and keep inviting myself back, as many of you know. Do not press pause and skip to the next episode, everybody. <laughs> um, but along with uh, writing movies and TV, I occasionally write books. I have a couple books out there and it's always been a dream of mine to do a children's book. And I had a specific one in mind that, you know, I sort of was writing in my heads for head for almost a decade. And one of the tricks of children's books is, you know, as important as the um, words are the illustrations and just one begats the other. And I actually, you know, much like my love affair with Rachel Wagner, um, I met Anna Ease online and we quickly became friends. And, you know, it's, we see lots of arguments about social media on the downside, but on the upside, this was definitely, we just bonded right away. And I have a book called Weightless and she has a book called Weightless, kind of about, about the same topics, but on the opposite sides of the scale. And we just really bonded. And I noticed from her post that she's this amazing artist. And interestingly, a lot of her artwork is can be somewhat dark um, and very compelling. But for some reason, I thought she just might be a great children's book illustrator. And so I approached her to see if she wanted to be part of a collaborative team where really it was just a team effort, like where one word ends, illustration begins, and we would both be just, you know, kind of giving birth to this, this children's book. And it happened. Here it Yay! is. So yeah, we're here to talk about the book. It's called Byron the Bee Who Couldn't. And um, it is just a labor of love. And we're very excited to share it with the Hallmarkies crew. And working with Anna Ease was a be light. There's going to be a lot of that today. Yes. Honey. Funds. Yes. 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 Sorry. No. I can't. Actually, you can all think on ease who would always pull me by the collar and she'd be like, that's enough there. That's enough on that page. Enough. So Anise, why don't you introduce yourself uh, after that incredible introduction? Why don't you introduce, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I am an author, so I have written um, many books. I've published, I think, seven books now oh, wow. and, in young adult poetry. Um, and, um, and I have been a opera singer and um, just uh, basically I've been involved in the arts my whole you know, life here. And I have not done any children books up until now. 
Um, like Greg said, I have been doing a lot of dark art. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So you I would look at some of her drawings. I'd be like, <laughs> oh my God, that's adorable. And then I'd be like, wait, is that blood? Is that, <laughs> is, is that tie dye or what's going on? And yeah. her, her stuff is so deep. Like she's, she's such an amazing writer and artist. And she, again, opera, all this stuff. She's a Renaissance person for sure. But one of the things I just love about her um, approach to a project is she really just does it so organically. And, you know, when I first told her the concept of the story, thankfully she loved it right away. And, you know, it's about a little bee who doesn't want to make honey and he wants to be something else, but everywhere he turns, he's always told no. So it really is kind of a universal story that even though it's written for children, three to five years old, it's a great gift for graduates or, uh, you know, the big kids and all of us who just need to be reminded that our dreams matter, no matter what mm -hmm. kind of dreams they are. And so Anna Ease was very organic in how she approached everything. And one of the things that was fascinating to me that I hadn't thought about, um, but there are a million different illustrated bees in the world, little cartoon bees, little three-dimensional bees. Some look more realistic, some look more adorable. And Anna Ease really set out to create a bee that was very original looking. And again, I hadn't even thought about that, but the amount of time that she put into the bee itself, into Byron, um, who's right here, little Byron, uh, is just really amazed me. And then she she also, though, let me tell you, she's a sneaky little person. She started putting in that in the drawing, she had Byron in a red cape. And eventually I was like, oh, I better start putting a red cape into the story. So, you know, I was being rewritten by art, but happily so. But yeah, so it was really interesting that she has this very diverse um, work, body of work behind her, including opera singing, and, and still just gave everything to this little bee. And like, I would get final art. And then a few days later, she'd email me and she goes, I don't like how Byron's eyes look in this picture. I'm redoing everything. So, I mean, you talk about a perfectionist. She really just amazes me again. I keep saying that over and over, but it's true. She's, she's a true artist. That's so cool. That's cool. important to get the bee right. <laughs> Yeah. So how did you get started uh, to being in uh, or singing opera? Um, I got started with that because I was a self-taught musician. I had been playing the piano on my own and writing my own music since I was um, pretty young. And I had a, I'd, I'd play the piano for hours and hours and hours in my apartment and my upstairs neighbor said, oh, you should maybe do something with this. Go, go see somebody, see what they say. So I went and, and talked to different music teachers and auditioned for them. And they were like, oh, you're really good. And I thought that they were full of it. You know, <laughs> I thought they were trying to just get my money. Yeah. So I kept going to different ones. And then I met one who was a professional opera singer, um, had been the leading lady all over the world, uh, the real deal. So mm -hmm. I knew that she wasn't gonna lie to me. And so she went all the way up and down the scale, you know, all this stuff. And then she said, have you ever considered doing opera? And then it was this big ordeal, it was very hard. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> 
and then I was a little bit more willing to mm-hmm. to put in the work because it was very hard yeah. and she gave me a discount because she wanted to work with me so <laughs> that's great Greg do you remember you said you both met on Twitter do you remember what you were talking about was it Hallmark movies that you were talking about or, or what I think you first connected on yeah that was definitely the start of it um in fact Am I wrong on a ease that a heavenly Christmas was one of your, for lack of a better term, gateway drugs to the Hallmark universe? Is that right? <laughs> like- it was. Um, it was the the first Hallmark movie that I watched, and I before that hadn't given anything like that a chance. I was a very oh Shelby, hi Shelby. Um, <laughs> I had considered myself a very. Um, just a very cynical person through and through. And so I would not, <laughs> no way, no how, I was not going to go there. And I didn't want to be open to anything that hopeful. So I, I watched, but I watched Heavenly Christmas. I don't know why I was compelled to do so, but I did. And it started all of this. <laughs> And now look at me, I'm subscribed to the Hallmark channel. <laughs> yeah, you get addi- you get addicted quick. Um, yeah. It's no. a it's a they, wonderful place. They will win almost anybody over. Yeah. No, no scrooges allowed. <laughs> I I'm no. complete, I was a scrooge. I didn't celebrate <laughs> Christmas. I, you know, I <laughs> blackhearted as a no, I'm not a truly blackhearted, but you know what I mean? I was just very I, I prided myself on my cynicism you just needed so, to be, start watching homework movies and, i know yeah, so i watched right. that and um and then i said who did this who wrote this movie that <laughs> broke my heart yeah. you know and so i said i have to tell him because i'm a big believer in telling the artist mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of people don't you know, because yeah. you can be an artist and work forever in a room by yourself or a writer and never know that you touched anybody. Yeah. And that's the, I mean, of course we see the toxic side of the internet, but the, the positive side, when we can connect with people and give them the positive feedback and, and uh, there can be that, that, uh, that benefit, uh, which I think is what keeps me, keeps me going and keeps me involved on something like Twitter is because right. you do, you, there is that other side of it, which is nice. A way to connect with people that you would never have met otherwise. Yeah. I don't think I would have ever met him otherwise. Yeah. So I did, I, I reached out and I told him, Hey, <laughs> you, you made a difference, buddy. <laughs> That's, great. That's great. Yeah. You have to have selective focus. I think you know, Rachel, as you know, I don't just write Hallmark movies. I write a lot of different stuff. Um, but I have to say, you know, Hallmark Channel is one of those things where you think you know about it, right? We all think it's the Saturday Night Live spoof of it, which is so funny if you haven't seen it. But yeah. um, but it is so much more, of course. And, it, you know, it's it's a very complex world. And, you know, some movies are better than others. And, uh, but I will say that it is such a wonderful, wonderful, supportive, loving community. It really is just the people I have met. Um, and, you know, Ana Ease is included in that. And, you know, I love, I love that now something exists in the world, you know, like Byron, where, you know, you have this little bee who doesn't fit in 
And of course, at the end of the story, he finds a way to, and there's a little twist that we're, we're not going to give away, but you know, it, it is, it's like Hallmark. It's like the positive side of the internet. It's like, you know, my big crush on Rachel, um, there's good out there. And so I think it's part of our job right now too, not to get too esoteric, but yeah. I know one of my mandates as an artist is I want to put light into the world. And, you know, I have a horror movie about to go into production, which I'm very excited about, but I also have this children's book and the horror movie has some humor and I love being part of the Hallmarkies community and, you know, Anna Ease and I now have become just wonderful, almost coaches for one another. You know, we show each other other things we're working on and we encourage each other. And so again, it's like, where is that light and where am I putting that light out there? Mm -hmm. And, you know, night and day, there's always going to be darkness, right? But it's, it's where we see the positive things yeah. come in. And that's one of the things I love about Hallmarkies, you know, I mean, you guys just have fun. And I, I love that. I, I, on ease, you might not know this, but I get to participate in the Hallmarkies secret Santa exchange every year. And it, could not be more fun. It really is <laughs> it just really such fun. a kick. Yeah. If, if, if anyone's interested, uh, all the patrons are welcome uh, to participate in the secret Santa. So another reason to sign up for the Patreon and uh, we appreciate that so much. But uh, so you said that writing a children's book had, had always been something you'd wanted to do. Yes, this this story in particular, and it's interesting, you know, not unlike if you think you know Hallmark movies, but have never seen one, you know, children's book are children's books are a very unique art form unto themselves. And there's lots of rules in terms of word count, page count, that sort of thing. And we did break a few rules, but we made sure to know them first. And uh, we got to work with a couple different editors, one of which um, was the editor on my book, Waitlist, and who has a lot of extensive experience editing children's books. So we were very lucky about that. We really did our homework because we wanted this to be something that would be really lasting as well. And, you know, a children's book is like a good coffee table book, right? Like if the artwork, you know, engrosses you, then you can pick it up and study the art and on ease, put a lot of little hidden things into the pictures. Like um, those of you who follow me online know that I do a lot of um, animal fostering and animal rescue work. And so at the time we were creating this book, I had four little black kittens that I was fostering and sure enough, they turn up in, in some of the pictures. So if you get a copy of the book, you can look for where they are. I, children's books are this beautiful art form. And again, you really want to create something that becomes treasured, right? And that's something that a parent is going to enjoy reading to a child. I remember when I was babysitting back in the day, and, you know, some kids would have a favorite book and I was just so bored. And so I would try and skip ahead a few pages because I'm a terrible person. And but the kids would always bust you on it. Right. They'd be like, what about the part with such and such? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we, we you know, we, we wanted to create something that was timeless and something that was fun and a little bit irreverent. Uh, but at the end of the day, just kind of makes you feel really good at the end, mm -hmm. no matter who you are, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you're a child who's three to five years old, whether you're that child's parent, whether you're somebody graduating from high school or college, or, you know, if you're a frustrated artist, uh, mm -hmm. that you just could read the book and remember that, you know, your dreams matter. 
We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Calling all hardies, you will not want to miss Unfailing Love, a charming companion novel to the Hallmark TV show, When Hope Calls. This new book by Jeanette Oak and Laurel Oak Logan explores the backstory and additional plot lines not seen in the show as children go missing and the future of the children's home is put in question. Get 40% off and free shipping at bakerbookhouse.com when you purchase Unfailing Love or any of the When Hope Calls novels with promo code WHENHOPECALLS. That's 40% off at bakerbookhouse.com. Promo code WHENHOPECALLS. Now, Anais, how did you come up with the uh, illustrations, this sort of the style, the visual style for the book? Well, I, like you said, I really didn't want it to look like anybody else's bee. So the first thing that I did is I took in a lot of different media about bees. I watched the bee movie. I watched everything that I could that had bees in it. I looked at library books that were bees. So I knew what I couldn't do. Mm. And then um, I took the style that I already had that I developed over the years that I used. And then I thought about um, my favorite artists like um, Yoshitaka Amano, the artist from the Final Fantasy series. And he did Vampire Hunter D. Um, just beautiful, very delicate lines. And that's something that I always loved when I was a kid with uh, my favorite books were very, at first glance, almost simple, like The Little Prince. Those images are, mm-hmm. or Babar, very simple mm-hmm. lines, very delicate, but then they always had little tiny details that made me want to look at them again and again. Yeah. Um, I'm going to interrupt for one second because I'm sure. going to give an example of that. Like, it's probably hard to see here, but here's a field of flowers these bees are going to sleep. And if you, you know, if you look at it, it's a pretty field of flowers. But if you study it, there's little minute lines and little drawings and little wisps of things. And then also just speaking to Anna Ease's um, research, here we have Byron who goes to sleep at night and he's like face first down in his flower. And this is how bees drink, or excuse me, this is how bees will fall asleep if they've had too much nectar. Um, this is like an, we've seen like nature pictures of this. So as adorable as this is, it is fact. And it, Anna Ease did this, what's that thing again? Oh yeah. Research yeah. and talent. Go figure. Yeah. 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 I did a lot of research. Of, I looked at a lot of nature pictures. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to have something where people who, um, wanted to, you know, research bees are going to see that and then go, oh, I saw that. Um, I watched videos of astronauts eating honey in space. All about that, <laughs> that didn't come up as much, but it was still, I, I kind of went overboard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Byron wants to, so. spoiler alert, one of the things he wants to do is sell honey on Mars. So. Yeah, that was funny. I enjoyed that. So, Greg, you had to write this in rhyme, in like couplets. Was that hard? It was because, you know, it's, it's like anything, right? Like the first draft, you're like, oh boy, this needs work. But, you know, you want it to be whimsical. You want it to be clever. I've always been a big fan of Dr. Seuss. 
but you don't want it to be clunky. And mm -hmm. also if a child is learning to read, you want them to be able to grasp it pretty easily. So yeah, it was it was very difficult. And that was one of the other great things about working with Anna Ease because some of her books are written in prose. And so she's very more well-knowledged at this stuff than I am. And then of course too, you know, you've got to make sure that you're not rhyming. I see Shelby circling in the mm -hmm. back like a, like a cat, like a shark, I should say, not like a cat. Um, uh, you know, you don't want to use the same word too often or you're, I remember there was one time I was reading through the book and I was like, oh, that is so clever, that little rhyme. And then I turned the page and I kept reading and I was like, oh, I used it's it twice. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. back to the drawing board. So yeah. yes, it was, it was a challenge, but it, it was a very happy one. You know, mm -hmm. it was, again, we just really, um, we originally thought this book would be out last year. I think both of us went into this project thinking, yeah, six weeks, we'll knock it out. And we just really took our time with it. Um, but that's because we just loved it. And we really loved Byron. And we wanted to really put out something special for mm -hmm. kids. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, a, a cherished children's book is something that can stay with you your whole life. Right. Yeah. When I was in college, I took a poetry class and we had to write like a little a little couplet, a little, a little poem. It was excruciating. It was so really? hard. Even for you? Oh yeah. It was, it was very difficult. I had a whole new respect for poets after that. Cause it was hard. Uh, I don't know. That was, it was a struggle, but, uh, but fun as you say. Uh, so how did you come up with the name Byron? Where was that from? Well, that's a funny story. Anna Ease <laughs> mentioned originally, you know, I told you I had this idea for over a decade and it was always Barry, the bee who couldn't. And I had never seen DreamWorks, the bee movie, but doing her research, Anna Ease watched it. And I promptly got an email saying, do you realize the lead character's name is Barry? And <laughs> I may have said a word that could not be repeated in the children's book or on Paul Markey's podcast. Um, but uh, so then came the name thing. And because the book is written in a poetic style, we really needed some, we wanted something original, but we wanted something that would flow. And boy, Anna Ease, we went back and forth, what about two weeks on that one? Yeah, well, it's important to get the name right. Yeah, it's important to have something this just right especially since he had had Barry for so long it was something that he was so attached to you know so yeah. we had to find something that he was going to love just as much mm -hmm. and that can be hard because it's letting go of one cherished idea to find another one you know yeah. Yeah. so it's you almost can see like why I love working with her She's so nurturing. And then even after, even after we settled on Byron, then we went back and forth about how we were going to spell it. So oh, yeah. we, we really took just as Anna Ease, you know, um, really took so much time with all of the art in the book. Uh, we took time with all of the words too. And it really was as, as hopefully the audience is, is getting, it was really just a symbiotic process and that, you know, neither of us we're like this over our territory, right? The words are mine, the art is mine, the this, you know, we both just felt so comfortable sharing with one another, encouraging each other, getting excited when someone would share something, giving an idea, which is, you know, what art is. I mean, 
Ana Ease mentioned earlier, you know, as artists um, and post pandemic, you know, so many people are in one room solo unto themselves. And so when you find uh, a partner uh, that you can work with and who isn't afraid to give you ideas, but does so in a nurturing way, it's, it's just such a gift. Mm-hmm. So Byron does a lot of things. He tries, uh, he wants to go to space. He wants he to be a clothing designer, real estate agent. And I, I think that a lot of people will be able to connect with that because I feel like the the whole thing of like working for the same company your whole life doing, you know, sort of a, a, a you know, blue collar job. That's kind of uh, that we, I mean, that still happens, but I feel like that a lot of people are sort of working in the more of the gig model where you, mm-hmm. where you do one thing and then you do another thing and you do another thing. And like, I mean, me, I, I have a you know, podcast film critic, uh, and I, you know, I, I, I'm a social media manager. I have all these sort of balls in there. And I feel like that's sort of a more, that's more of the modern outlook as opposed to, um, you know, this sort of, hit your uh hit your ride to the the company store you know kind of a yeah. thing yeah yeah it is not i was just talking to somebody the other day you know it, like for most of us you know if we kind of look to our parents um you know they sort of reached a certain point and then sort of coasted right as as you say to that you know that retirement plan or company watch or whatever um and these days, it is not that like we even as artists, but you know, again, whether whoever you are, you're constantly reinventing yourself. And so I love that you got that out of the book. And as you know, you know, one of the one of the um, lessons in there is that Byron needs to learn to not limit himself as well. And isn't that true for all of us, right, that we think, oh, I probably can't do that, or oh, I can't do this. And I just, I love when we celebrate each other's achievements, some of which we might not have planned. You know, one of my favorite examples um, is, uh, you know, who I thought was going to be in A Heavenly Christmas. And then all of a sudden, Shirley MacLaine was going to be in the role of Pearl, you know, and it was just light years above what I had been thinking. So uh, we want to be open to those kind of surprises. And like, Rachel, I remember when you got on Rotten Tomatoes and it was such a celebration for everyone who knows and loves you. It's just those little things. And like right now, Ana Ease is working with this amazing author, other than this amazing author, <laughs> uh, doing working with illustrations with him. And I'm so excited about this project that she's working on. And she wouldn't have necessarily a year ago seen herself in that role. Ana Ease, correct me if I'm incorrect. But I think I'm correct. Uh, yeah, so so absolutely. You know, we're always evolving now, and I guess that's one of the good things. You know, it's like social media. There's there's a bright side to it, and there's a tough side to it too, because it could be a little exhausting, right? Like, oh, what next? Mm-hmm. I know I'll sell honey on Mars. Yeah, yeah. Well, Anais, what about you? What do you hope that kids take away from from Byron's story? I hope that they take away that connection Mm -hmm. with somebody else, their relationship. I think that that's one of my best memories that I had that with my mom was the times that my mom had eight kids. (laughs) So she was, she was incredibly busy 
and we didn't have a lot of one-on-one -on -one time at all. And so maybe this wasn't even a one-on-one -on -one time. This was maybe just a, a kid pile up really. But the best time that I had was the time that she would read the children's books with me. And I still have one from when I was a kid. Um, and she would read a lot of these books probably because we were, you know, a lot to deal with. <laughs> but um, I hope that people get that where they get to sit down and have that moment, especially now because I, people don't have a lot of these moments now. Um, they're just too busy to have them, you know, maybe because of the way things are now, they don't get to connect with each other as much. But I think that it's important to do that, to still have moments where we get to connect with each other. So I hope that that does that for, for people. That's why I try to make things for everybody. I try to make as much connection to what Greg was writing and also little extra things so that they would stay interested, stay interested in the book, things that they, the kid could, put, could point out to their parent. You know, things for the parent, like how Byron dressed as Prince from Purple Rain, you know, things that that they will see that will hopefully form a connection so that they can say, oh, listen to the song. This is from when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. So I hope that it forms connections. What about you, Greg? What What's some of the things that you hope that uh, kids take away from Byron's story? Um, well, I love what Anna Ease just shared. So I copy her answer and paste <laughs> it in. Um, and in addition to that, uh, again, just that, that, that there's no limits on what you can be. Um, I'm working on a piece for psychology today now that sort of ties into this and about kids. And, you know, when I was little, I knew I wanted to work in Hollywood and just everyone dismissed me, even teachers, just every single person and, you know, you can make the argument, well, that made you determined and stronger. Well, no, it kind of stunk, you know? Um, and I think, you know, not that we can't be realistic with children, but instead of saying, well, that's not realistic, what you want to be, we can say, oh, tell me more about that, which then could encourage the child to think about, oh, what would the path be? Maybe I should be in a school play, or maybe I could write a play, or maybe I could write a children's book now that I read Byron. Um, and again, that goes for adults too, you know, we're, we're so quick to be our own judge after that and tell ourselves, oh, I probably can't do this. I can't, you know, I, I'm not going to be a book illustrator with the New York Times bestselling author. <laughs> again, not me. Um, you know, I'm not going to be a featured critic for Rotten Tomatoes, or I'm not going to write a movie that an Academy Award winning actress is going to star in. That's you um, this time. We, that is me. That's ding, 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 ding. Oh, the hall, oh, the Hallmarkies audience knows me on it. Do not worry. Um, I'm probably a drinking game. Like how many times will he mention a heavenly Christmas? Um, but yeah, so just that we don't limit our dreams and that we really, uh, that we really are open to whatever we want to be. I remember when we were doing test reads to people, we would send it to teachers and that sort of thing, but we would also occasionally read it to small groups of adults. And there were times that I would read the book and look up at the very end and you could see people getting little tears in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And that really, you know, is like, okay, we're on to something here. So that's mm -hmm. what I hope people get out of it. I hope they get inspiration. 
Yeah. Well, and I also, I like the fact, I kind of said this earlier, but I like the fact that Byron is allowed to try things because I, I was never the person that had like the dream of this is, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a, you know, I, I knew I wanted to go to college, but I hadn't really thought beyond that. And I, I kind of graduated from college and I was like, oh, great. What do I do now? I don't know what to do now. And, uh, I just, I, I, I worked in this horrible uh, job uh, called a cubicle hell for three years. I was miserable. I hated it. And then I finally just said enough's enough. I just need to quit this job. And so I, I quit the job. I didn't have anything to go back into, uh, but I just knew that that was what I had to do. And so I just, for a long time, I, I was just sort of trying things, trying to figure out, I started blogging just for fun. And then that sort of moved into me doing film criticism to doing YouTube to doing podcasts and it all kind of evolved to what I have today and uh, I just feel so grateful that I took that kind of leap of I'm just gonna dive into nothing because not have a job uh, it was preferable to being miserable and <laughs> I think uh, that sometimes a lot of people I think a lot of people are like that that they don't know what to do they they don't have a, a dream you know and so just kind of what do i do and uh, i like that he kind of got to try a bunch of different stuff I yeah think that you yeah. should try stuff i yeah. think that i think that um that if you don't try things how are you going to know what your dream is yeah you know you, you can't have a dream or, or maybe your dream will change once you try it and you go oh. mm. <laughs> That was not the dream for me. Yeah, yeah. inertia is never yeah. the answer, right? But it's it's where we feel like it's comfortable, but sometimes we do have to have that blind faith that you know you both are talking about. And just it just means taking that next step, right? Mm -hmm. Like I know I'm gonna be a clothing designer, be designer, <laughs> right? Designer. <laughs> um, or okay, maybe not that, maybe I'll be this, maybe I'll be. And yeah, that's it. You know, we can all do that stuff. It's it's mm -hmm. it's never too late for anybody watching or listening. Like it, it, nothing is off off the table. So yeah. just sort of embrace it. One thing I wondered about is the rainbow uh, motif that's kind of featured throughout the story. Was that to connect with LGBTQ um, kids? For the me, it was to connect with color. Mm -hmm. um, color is really important, especially for really small children. Um, you have to learn your colors in order to move on in grades when you're really small. Mm -hmm. So that's really important. If it does connect with those children, then that is just an added bonus. But when I was looking at the age range that was targeted, especially with the Amazon category, is three to five. Um, and so those kids really need to learn their colors. And so I wanted to make sure that I was hitting them really consistently and making sure that they were very vibrant and easy to tell apart so that they could go red, yellow, orange, blue, you know, um, so they would have another learning opportunity. But if they get that out of it, then great. I would, I would love to have, you know, as many meanings as people can get out of it I would love that, yeah. you know? Yeah, there was no, except for the hidden black kitties that you can search for, <laughs> there was definitely no um, 
agenda in the book. You know, we really wanted it to be something that could speak to all people. And, you know, all of us see things, watch things, read things, and we're going to perceive it based on the things that we um, are going through in life or things that, you know, we've experienced. And so like Ana E says, if, if that means something to somebody, that's great. But we, you know, again, we just really stayed very true to the core thing of, you know, a little bumblebee who doesn't want to make honey and is trying to find his place in life. And where do we go from there? It was just all very organic. Yeah. Yeah. I think that though I, I know that this perfect, this bee, this this uh bee that is tall and long and mm-hmm. he has this this particularly striped tie, this worker bee. This is based on my family doctor. Oh really? <laughs> my, my primary <laughs> care doctor. So this this one for you can say he has he has a, a basis in reality. And he said that that was fine with him. So, oh, that's cute. <laughs> I needed a worker bee, and I needed a tie, and I didn't know anyone else who wore a tie, so I had to. I looked him up on his website. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's funny. Usually, it was just that. <laughs> well, congratulations on the book. Uh, we'll have all the information if people want to purchase the book, uh, and uh, they can get it at Amazon. All those. Uh, retailers, correct? All those places. Yep. And we really, we priced the ebook. So it was, you know, as affordable as we could make it. And, um, but we love, we also love the hardcover. The pages are very thick and glossy and hold on Aiza's artwork in such a, a beautiful way. Um, but yeah. we, we really are so excited to get to come on to uh, Hallmarkies podcast and share our journey, Rachel. We just, yes. we appreciate that, but Hey, who knows, yeah. maybe, uh, Maybe Hallmark one day will move into animated movies. And, oh, uh, that would be my dream. Byron, well, I love was. animation. He'll have uh, his own little love story. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. We like to end our interviews with some fun, silly questions. And I don't think that Greg has actually ever gotten these <laughs> so, because we've always Well, you know had, I'm not silly. Because so uh, we've always had like, uh, uh, like our New Year's episodes where we're talking about a movie or whatever. We always had tons of stuff to talk about. So here we go. First question is, what is the best ice cream flavor? Let me go first on ease. <laughs> um, what is the best ice cream flavor? Um, something that is from oat milk because I'm lactose intolerant. Okay. <laughs> no. All right. What about you, Greg? I would say, believe it or not, vanilla. 
because I love to add things to my mm -hmm. ice cream, some kind of toppings or something like that. So I like a good solid base and then to build on it from there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is your favorite color? Right. You on ice? Green. Green. All right. The forest. Greg? I'd say turquoise. Okay, good. Very good. Uh, what music are you into? Uh, Anais, are you into some uh, emo music? I am into opera. I'm into heavy metal. Um, I am into, uh, which is very like classical. Uh, I'm into grunge music, like Alice in Chains. Mm. Um, I'm into like Tori Amos. Um, uh, so all kinds of nineties stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Greg, what about you? What music? I, you my, my answer is similar to Ana Isa's. I was a, a DJ at a, a top 40 radio station while I worked, while I went to college. And so I really up to then had always loved top 40 music, but because I was playing it all the time, I was kind of listening to a bunch of other stuff. So my playlist will contain a little bit of everything, but here's a little fun fact from my youth. And even to this day, my biggest crush and music that is still on my playlist, Olivia Newton, John. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Anais, what is your go-to date night food? um indian food mm, yeah that sounds good yeah that is good yeah now greg I, right now <laughs> i know you're a big sushi person you post yeah, about sushi, your sushi for all sure the and in combination with that i would say fried calamari with extra oh, okay. sauce i mean that is my oh, kryptonite my you get anything you want out of me if you bring me some fried calamari <laughs> okay good all right and this would be a hard question for you greg but which she prefer, dogs or cats? Oh, <laughs> yeah, one I, of each. I'm not sure I can answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm really. That's a great question. Um, you know, up to a few years ago, I would have probably said dogs, but you know, most of my animal rescue work has been with cats, and mm -hmm. uh, they're tough. <laughs> they're tough creatures, but um, you know, you have to earn their love, unlike dogs who love you instantly in most cases. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sorry to do this, but I have to say it's a tie. A tie. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about you, Anise? Do you have a favorite? Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know how to choose that either. <laughs> I, I always had cats. I love cats, but I mean, I had dogs too growing up. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> that's All a right. tough one Rachel I, I love this... them both so much I I mean I really love them I have folders of animals mm -hmm. and I look at them and I get I'll get emotional I'll cry it's it's Aww. ridiculous it's too much <laughs> well maybe this is what you hear what do you like better Greg beaches or mountains another tough one but I'm gonna I'll go with beaches Mm -hmm. But under a shade and with air conditioning and a yummy <laughs> pina colada, please. Hmm. What about you? You've got both in Portland, beaches um, and mountains. I think mountains. Uh, All right. Unless it's on the water and there's orcas, maybe I should change it. I love the Salish Sea, and then I, I can be with the whales. And there's mountains. That's that's probably the perfect. <laughs> well, Anis, what is your favorite holiday to celebrate? Christmas now. 
We got her. It's, it's we hooked her right you, in. You did. She sends Christmas cards and everything. I she do. gave me the best Christmas gift this year. Yeah, let me tell you, she's like the, the Grinch. Her her heart grew three sizes that day, and yeah, she is all I'm in. All now. Christmas. I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm all Christmas now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Last question. What is your favorite Hallmark or romantic movie? And you can say your own if you want. No judgments. <laughs> am i going first yes you go first well you won't be surprised by this but while you were sleeping yeah it just oh such a beautiful wonderful it is it's a perfect film we've done podcasts about it before Mm -hmm. yeah we've done uh we've done when harry met sally and while you were sleeping and high school musical Mm -hmm. uh, for our new years those all have new years featured uh and then we did the homework movie one year so uh, we've done four years of new year's podcast so that's fun it but is fun. uh uh but uh anise what about you what's your favorite uh romantic movie oh goodness um i guess let's see i'm gonna go with you got mail oh good one one of my favorites as well. Good old <laughs> email. One of the most quotable movies. Uh, that script is just. It's so good. I drive people I crazy I watching it because that, well, as I'm watching it, I'm just, I'm just quoting it. And I, <laughs> I, just, I love, I love that movie. It's, it's a really good one. Yeah. Very good. You did it. Answered all the questions. <laughs> yeah. Even though we both, we both went to tie on dogs and cats. But, I'm you sorry. Know, it was no, it's okay. Hard. It's really hard. I love them both so much. It's it's really hard. <laughs> well, Greg, how can people follow you on social media and all that stuff, fun stuff, and, and follow what you're doing? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram by my name, Greg McBride, one word, two Gs at the end of Greg. Um, <laughs> have some fun stuff happening. And of course, uh, we are, um, you know, talking a lot about the book now and I'm always up to some kind of silliness online and there's always cute animals that, that you can be guaranteed. Anais, what about you? Uh, you can follow me on most of uh, things on East church and go, which I know is, <laughs> um, or through Greg, you can, he's always retweeting me. So it's easy. So cheap. Well, it's I'll have, cheap. I'll have it in the description. So people okay, can perfect. follow you and that'll be so, great. Yeah. And um, and you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also, make sure that you're following the Hallmarkies podcast, Hallmarkies Pod, and Hallmarkies Podcast, all over social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews five stars. It helps us so much. And if you're watching YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group. Like we said, it's just super fun. And we have a very fun uh, patron event this month where Tracy Andreen is joining us and we're going to watch her movie Once Upon a Prince. And that's going to be very fun. So definitely you want to to become a member of the Patreon and uh, check out the merch store. We have lots of fun designs on there. And thanks to both of you. I really appreciate it. Congratulations on the book. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.